Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we ask for your strength today. We ask for your wisdom. We ask for your blessings over all the people that are listening today and to be with me and Todd. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen to Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. We feature outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana, and we didn't have to go too far to find an outstanding Catholic from Lafayette, but living in Youngsville, Mr. David Wooten. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Todd. All right. So David's an author and a businessman here in town, but I want you to tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm from Lafayette, born and raised, living in Youngsville now with my two sons. I've got two older daughters. I've got four kids, 26, 23, 10, and 6. So took a little break. Nice. So where'd you go to school? What, what grade I, school? And I went to, well, I went Plantation, then I went Youngsville and Como nice. High School. Okay, good deal. And so David has recently authored a book, and he's just, uh, I think David and I probably met at the Axe Retreat through Holy Cross, and a uh, very holy and devout man, but the Lord, he and I got to talk a little in my office before we came, and the Lord has really touched him. I want to let him take over the mic and tell some of his stories, but go ahead and tell us a little bit about what's going on. Okay, well, the book itself is called Meeting Homeless Jesus, and it's based around a story of some events that happened to me where the Holy Spirit just kind of took control and made things happen. But there's a lot more to the book than that. But the story itself is basically I was giving a homeless man some hand warmers and I gave him the hand warmers and we had a small conversation and he was just out of his mind a little bit. You know, he'd look in everywhere, kind of seemed like he either had some mental problems or some drug problems or not to judge, just, just where it seemed he was. Sure. And then he says goodbye and he turns away. And as soon as he turns away, he turns directly back at me and points his finger at and stares me directly in the eye as still as can be and says, one of these days, you won't know when, you won't know where, you're going to need help. Don't worry, I've got your back. Mm-hmm. And then as quickly as that happened, he turned back and kind of his head started shaking again and he, and he was gone. And my wife was on the truck phone and she goes, what was that? And I said, I I think Jesus just told me he had my back through a homeless man. And she said, what? And I said, I, look, we'll talk about it later. Because I was having a hard time breathing. It, it hit me so hard. And as soon as it happened, almost, I started to discount it. I think we all kind of have a, well, I do anyway. Oh, I do too. <laughs> you know, and so, I, well, you know what? That's all the guy had yeah. was his promise. And so whether, it would, whether he could keep it or not, he gave me what he had. And I was appreciative of that. Now, David, I like the little details, and people need to know that didn't happen on the streets of New York City or in, uh, in California. Tell them exactly where that happened. That happened uh, on Eras Landry on the, I guess, the north side of mm-hmm. uh, Ambassador Caffrey Bertrand. Yeah. Right there, pretty close to St. Jules Church area. Yeah. And the reason I ask that is because the good Lord is all around us, especially here in Acadiana. And uh, I think it's impactful to our listeners to know that you don't really have to go too far to encounter him. You know, he's right here in front of us, but here he is. He's on Erosh Landry. Uh, So go ahead and and continue your story, please. I'm sorry to interrupt. Well, no, that's fine. So I went and I told my guys in my prayer group, which was really important, because after everything happened, all the things that go with it, even I would have thought I was crazy. So I was glad as it went along, I, I told them. And about a month and a half later, 
something happened with work and, and I was worried about the business. I was worried about the people that work for me and I'm flying down the road and I'm thinking I'm going to run that light if it turns coming up the busy intersection of Pinhook and Camellia. And I look to the side and there's this homeless man walking on the side. And as I pass him, he adjusts the bags over his shoulder and makes a peace sign directly in my direction. And everything went calm. And it wasn't a thought, just everything went calm. I slowed down, the light did turn red, I stopped. And I looked up and I said, you've got my back. Mm. I got to the site, the customer and the employee had worked things out, it was all good, everything was good. I was just there to witness it and to be part of it. And you know, that story is important because what happened next? And what happened next was my daughter was leaving town and her and I had kind of, her faith has wavered some since she was a younger girl. And we were having a discussion, and it was just the two of us at home that weekend before she's about to move to Michigan. And we're having a discussion, and she tells me a story about a friend of hers and how you couldn't explain that story with coincidence. And that must, there must be some spirit of the universe that's helping to guide us. And so I told her the story of the man in the, in the peace sign. And we agreed that that spirit was the Holy Spirit, at least maybe not in fully what the definition of the Holy Spirit is, but we agreed the Spirit was the same, mm-hmm. this good Spirit that was guiding us. And if you've never had a close one, kind of leaving the faith and coming back, which I'm guilty of that myself, right? All of us. So, you know, it may seem strange, but so much hope happened in that moment. And the very next day, I'm running some materials to get some things from my house, and I see the man that I had seen. And I pulled over and I talked to him. And it was kind of a miracle how that even all happened. I end up talking to him and I have this, this food and this water with him. And I, I'm going down and I'm trying to get his attention to come see me because he's going under the bridge. And I'm waving my hands up in the air. And I, now I think, man, I look like an idiot. Like I'm calling a dog or something. Just not very respectful, right? And he comes over and he looked like he was put out like, oh, who is this? <laughs> you know, he puts his bags down. He walks over to me. And, and we start talking, and I asked him, you know, what's your name? And he says, well, at birth, at birth, the name my parents gave me was Larry. And I'm like, I, I have no idea what that means, but can I call you Larry? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, so anyway, I go back and I tell the guys, and, and we're all just amazed. And I had this great conversation. He tells me about how he's helping these young people, these two guys that had just become homeless. And one of them had come and showed him, Hey, I got a, uh, I got found these brand new socks, and he says, "I told that boy, you take them socks off right now," and and he starts laughing, and he goes, "He thought I wanted his socks." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "I thought you wanted his socks too." He goes, "No," he said, "You take them socks off because one day you're gonna get a job interview. You wear those socks." Oh, he's training, wow. he's helping them get out of their situation, even though he seemed to be a man that was kind of. Destined to stay in that situation, yeah, in that situation. You know? and he had water down there. Somebody had he had Gatorade, and I asked him. I said, "Would you need anything?" He goes, oh, "When I need, people provide." Mm. And and I'm thinking, man, I'm running the roads today out of my mind. Not that I want to be homeless, mind you, but just out of my mind over over the worries of my world. And here's a man. He's he's teaching me a lesson, mm. you know. Mm. And God's using him to help humble me in a way that, you know, I just didn't even realize I had. You know, I didn't realize the prejudices that were there, the thoughts of the expectations of somebody living that life, what they would be until I met them. Yeah. 
David, I know driving around Lafayette, especially in the last, seems like the last year, there, there seems like there's a whole lot more homeless on every corner. Yes. And, uh, you know, it takes a real radical love. You mentioned that, you know, I know my father-in-law would always talk about how he picked up, you know, homeless people often. And my wife and I were scratching our heads like, that's not safe, you know. But it seems like something that, that God has put on your heart. But, you know, tell us how that happened. How do you feel? How did that connection come for you? Well, for picking up people, I, you know, I have a friend that he told me about some people that he had met, and he doesn't have a problem stopping and talking to people. And one day I'm driving down the road, and I just got the feeling, I saw this guy, I got the thought in my head, I'm giving that guy a ride. And I picked him up, and uh, that first guy, I brought him out to Maurice. He was over kind of by Doug Ashley on Vero School Road. I'm not trying to do a plug or nothing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, brought him out there, and you know what? He was a working guy that didn't have a vehicle. Something happened to his vehicle. He couldn't afford to get it fixed. And, and he was he was just a good guy. Right. And and, and I've met several people like that. I, I tell you about two of them real quick. One of them was a guy that he's telling me about the two jobs that he has. I'm bringing him to one restaurant to work, and he's telling me about the two jobs that he has. And this is several years back. And I said, well, man, two jobs, you can't get a car, you know? He says, well... Mr. David, this is the thing. And I, even when they're older than me, it seems like they call, you know, say, Mr. David. But Mr. David, this is the thing. I got my son in private school, and it just seems like it'd be too much for me to be able to pay for a car. I'd probably have to take him out of wow. school. Yeah. <laughs> that's strong. Yeah, that's real strong, yeah. you know. And, and it's not to guilt anybody. It's just that we each got to make our decision on what we do. And when we see somebody in a different situation that maybe doesn't have as much we don't know the decisions they've made, mm -hmm. you know, to be where they are. They're not always bad decisions. Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, the moral to that story, those, those, those people, those homeless, they're us. They're, they're just like us. They are us, you know, and they've just had hard times, you know. One of the things I want to share with you, I'm looking at your shirt, and David's day job is um, Home Project Center in Wooten Construction, correct? Yes. And uh, and so I heard this yesterday. It must have been for you, so I'll share it with you. You probably heard it already, but I'll share it with our audience because I thought it was beautiful. And this priest had shared this in his homily saying that, you know, God the Father is the architect. He's the engineer uh, on a construction job. And that Jesus is the project manager. He's the man who gets it done. The Father says, build this house, and Jesus gets it done. And, and, and the Holy Spirit is the supplies that gets it done. Have you heard that? I, I had not. I love yeah, it. I thought that was really like, that hit home with me. I'm like, okay, that's I can understand that because I'm a simpleton. <laughs> but uh, it's beautiful. And in your occupation, I feel like, yeah, that's you. So tell us some more about the book. You know, um, you mentioned about your father and, uh, and how he also was a writer. Yeah, yeah, my dad was a writer. And really, that's so important to that story about my daughter with the, with the Holy Spirit. I called my dad. People had mentioned to me about writing the book. And in that was, I don't know, I was nervous, right? Mm -hmm. Who am I? Who am I to write this book? And, and so after a series of things, I decided to call my dad. My dad, we knew, had a terminal blood disease. And so it also seemed like a, a good way to connect with him, maybe, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I called him and I tell him the story and I tell him the full story, which we'll get to the maybe some of it in a minute. But sure. the I tell him the full story and I said, you think we have something here? He goes, oh, yeah, you have a lot that we can work with. But can we go back to something? I said, sure. What's that? He said, well, you, the story with your daughter about the spirit of the universe and the Holy Spirit. He said, you believe that? 
I said, yeah, Dad, I believe it. I don't understand it, but I believe it. And he goes, you know, that's good. And we talked a little bit about some things, and by the end of the conversation, he tells me, and excuse me if I get choked up a little, he tells me, you know, I know I'm good with God because I get up every day and I ask the spirit of the universe, if there's anything I need to do to be right with God, let me know. Mm-hmm. And when I feel like he answers me, I do what I, what's on my heart about it. You know, I don't hand out those hand warmers to that homeless man on that street that day. I maybe never have that conversation with my father. Mm-hmm. How beautiful is that? That's so beautiful. My, my father's been deceased for more than 20 years, and, you know, it's just we were so close. And <clears throat> my, my Lenten desire is to be closer to the Father. You know, that's, uh, that's, what my, that's what my prayer is, you know. And I think we live – I think when I think of the relationship with me and my dad, like you and your father, that's the relationship with Jesus and his Father. And it, the Father of the Trinity is the hardest one, in my opinion – to be closest to like for me i'm close to the holy spirit everyone can relate to jesus but the father's foreign to us a little bit so through my relationship with my dad maybe with you as well that's that's how we establish that relationship yeah i think so you know there's a lot of things as a child that i thought about my father and thought you know that maybe he could have done better while i was a child and as i become a man and have my own children and i look at the you know when we're young, we can't understand the responsibilities of a dad, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of the same way in our faith. You know, as we grow in our faith, you know, it we can maybe get a little closer to God the Father when at first it's hard to even comprehend any of it, you know? Yeah. I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. Today's guest is Mr. David Wooten. He is an author of a new book, and uh, it's Meeting a Homeless Jesus. And where can our listeners find this book, David? Well, they can find it if they want to go pick up a signed copy. We have several of them at Cadian Religious. Okay. Uh, but you can also get it at Amazon.com. Nice. And and I believe, are you still having a book signing down the road? Yeah, yeah we're going to have a book signing on April 24th. Nice. Uh, and uh, it should be at Acadian Religious, and that'll be from 11 to 2. Our good friend, Mr. Art Garrett. Shout out to him. So tell us more. Uh, tell us the sure. story. So anyway... So a long time goes by. I told my, you know, my buddies about it and, and everything, and, and it was, and my mantra kind of just became, he's got my back, you know? And I'm a big believer in we have to be active with the Holy Spirit, and that being active comes through, you know, in 1 John, he writes, yet if we love one another, his love is brought to perfection within us, right? His love remains. That that is how God's love moves throughout the world is in our love for one another and that is to me when i feel the holy spirit acting upon that you know and i'm not trying to get preachy here that's just no, that's where i'm this at this show is preachy that's why you're here <laughs> preach preach so but anyway so it. so so i you know i've I picked up more people along the way and things happen and then i didn't see the guy for a long time and in may of 19, which is a year and a half after the first meeting, my back went out, of all things. And if you ever had your back out, you can understand it's not always about the pain. It's just that you can't stand up I sometimes. I can relate to that. And I was driving. I, I got a load of plywood, and I didn't fasten it down properly. I'm, I'm going to blame my bad back on that. <laughs> and I turned the corner on Vero and Pinhook, going down Pinhook, and a guy comes flying up 
on the side of him and he's honking his horn and he's pointing with his thumb backwards and I look back and there's not a piece of wood in my truck. And I am, oh man, I am about to lose my mind. I speed dial to one of my workers to come please help me because I knew I couldn't do it all myself. Now, you know, the Holy Spirit was already working because by the time I got back, there were some guys that had taken all the wood and throwing it into the grass on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. So they cleared the lane. There were no accidents. You know, in my mind on the way back, it was going to be just a horror scene, like plywood through windshields. You know, my goodness. (laughs) You know how I can, yeah, that can get ugly real quick in my brain. Real quick. And so I get over there and I pull up and I apologize to the guys. They weren't listening, but I was grateful for them. And so I'm standing there and I'm waiting for. I got to come and you know two seconds seems like two hours waiting with this wood all over the place and so I get down and I get the first I get on my knees and I get the first one and I get it on position on the truck and from my knees I push it in and then I get up and the next one's a little further away though so as I'm thinking don't be stupid I went ahead and I was stupid and (laughs) I get down and I all the way to my knees and I lift it up and thinking okay I can hold it and as I start to straighten up my back I feel it and it goes out and I'm done the plywood my hands drop to my thighs and I'm sitting there and you know five minutes before that I was hoping nobody on the road or the gas station would notice me now I'm you know complaining nobody's noticing me. <laughs> I need help nobody's noticing me and you know Todd I just got to a point of hopelessness I just got I just there was nothing I could do. I physically could not stand up. And I prayed out loud, God, help me. Give me strength. And when the words, give me strength, came out of my mouth, the other end of that board went up, and I heard, you need some help. <laughs> and here's this homeless guy on the other end of the board. And I asked him to turn the board on its side and use the board as a prop to help pull me up. And I got up. And once I was up, I could hold one side of the board. I just couldn't bend. And so we start moving it to the truck, and I, I said, I, I got I to gotta ask, I just got to ask to make sure, what's your name? He goes, well, at birth, the name they gave me was Larry. And it was just, wow. wow. And I'm like, of course it is. And then I ask him, because, you know, the Holy Spirit's not done with humbling me yet, right? So the next one, he picks it up, and he hands me one end, and then he picks up the other end, and we're walking back to the truck. And I said, well, Larry, when we get done, I'd like to give you a little something for helping me. And all of a sudden, the board just stops. And I look up, and he's got this wide-eyed, open look at me. And he goes, I didn't stop because I wanted your money. I stopped because you needed help. Man, just like, okay, okay. Now, when we, my guys got there, and we got done, and and Larry started, uh, I went, and I I did thank him. And I I said, look, and I had a $100 bill in my wallet. I took it out. I was holding it in my hand. And I said, Larry, look. I would like to give you something because you may not remember it, but I've met you four times in my life. And every time I've met you, God has worked through you to help me and others. Because there are other men that I've told this story. There are people I've told this story to, and it's helped them see the Holy Spirit. I said, so for that, I'd like for you to take some. And so I reached out my hand, and he just took the money without looking at it. And he he said, okay. And he walked away. And I said, you need anything? No, sir. He walks away. So I'm telling the guys the story about who he was, you know, and one of them knew some of the story. And one of them says, he's coming back. And he comes back and he's walking towards me and he's got his head down. And so I kind of walk out to meet him. By this time, the pain is getting there with my back. And I, I get out there and I said, 
I said, everything all right? And he looks up. He's got tears in his eyes. He goes, I just want you to know you could have just saved my life. And he starts, tears start coming out. And he turns around and he walk, He starts walking away. And I'm, I'm like, hey, wait, what do you, you need something else. What do you need? What do you need? And he goes, no, thank you. You've done enough. And I'm thinking, I've done enough? I didn't, I didn't, I'm a guy who needed help with his backup. What did I do? You know, gave you a little money. You know, and it's funny because when I had opened that wallet to pull that bill out, you know, I be, I've always believed it's not mine. Well, I've always believed since I've converted back to the faith that, you know, none of this is mine. Mm -hmm. In that moment, it wasn't just a belief. It was a knowing of, of just completeness that none of this is mine. None of this is, what, who do I think I am, right? And more than ever at any point in my life, you know, in that moment, just knowing. And here's this guy. I did run into him one more time, and I asked him the question. I said, look, you don't have to tell me, but you told me that I could have saved your life that day. I'd like to know, what did you need that money for? He said, I needed some dental work. Wow. So he didn't want to go to a dentist with at least something to offer. Mm. Look, and I'm not saying this guy's a saint. I'm sure he has his series of whatever, right? I, have no, I don't know. And so I'm not trying to paint him as the image of the saint. I'm appreciative for the man that he was, that he is, that, that, that helped me. Mm -hmm. And I'm so appreciative of the Holy Spirit working in my life in a way that forced me to go, hey, pay attention, David, I'm here. I'm not only here, I'm, I'm involved with you. We're all called to be saints, you know, and that's hard. That's a hard, when you hear that, it's like, okay, not, not me. I mean, you know, I'm not called to be a saint. I'm, I'm a very sinly person, and, you know, but that's what we aspire to. And when I, when I hear your story about him, and again, you're saying he's not a saint, but, you know, maybe he isn't, maybe he is. But for you it, it, and for all of us, it's an opportunity, right? He represents an opportunity for us to become saints. And, uh, and you know, I see that so much in you. I see that. God is pulling on you and pushing you to sainthood, if you want to call it. And it's such a strong deal. But, you know, just the writing of the book and how much that's going to affect people in Lafayette. The inspiration for the show was, you know, to feature local stories and local people in Lafayette that have such a devout closeness to Christ. And, I'm a, you know, it's Cajun Catholics, and we talked about this coming over here. It's not, you know, we've had non-Catholics on the show. Like, the Catholics don't have a corner on the market on, on uh, having a relationship with Christ. But um, we feel like it. We do have a leg up, <laughs> maybe. But uh, you know, that's our deep faith. But tell me a little bit about David, because the, the book opens up with how do you know that 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 God truly exists? And I'll challenge you with one step further. Tell me how you know God truly exists in that Eucharist, because that's that's the source and summit of our Catholic faith. Yeah, that, that's a wow. That's a great question. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna maybe start with. The same thing I answered to the young man who asked me the question in the book when he asked me, how do you know God exists? And my answer to that was, you know, I can't tell you how you can know, but I can tell you about the path for me and the path for me and, and what that's been. And, and so my journey back to the faith came in a hospital, you know, 32 years ago when, you know, on November 17th, I was doing everything I could to end my life through alcohol and drug abuse mm -hmm. of 1988. And a few days later in a hospital room after I'd been hospitalized by my parents, I was in a room, first moment I remember, and I'm looking in the room and I see a billboard out of that window that says, it's, it's a 
my drink of choice on the billboard. <laughs> and I was struck with fear. And the fear was, if they let me out, I'm dead. And then suddenly in that moment, I had this calm that came over me and the thought of, if I do what they put in front of me, I'll be okay. And I had no idea what that was, Don. But I've been following that now for over 30 years. And that has led me back to the Catholic Church. It's led me back through a friend in Florida who I'm not, the only reason I can tell why we met was for him to give me a book by Scott Hahn, Rome Sweet Home, because Scott mm-hmm. Hahn answered my questions about the church in that book. Mm-hmm. And, and that got us back. And my, and my wonderful wife, of course, who has helped tug me along back to the church. But then more and more in the church, and I had a belief at that time, as I started to study again, I began to believe through intellectually that the Eucharist was, right? But over time, my experience with the Eucharist and in prayer and in that moment, that is one of the things, you know, the book is Meeting Homeless Jesus, A Journey from Believing to Knowing. And that's one of the things that me has turned to knowing. And so now when I look at the church and the church is doing things, sometimes people in the church are doing things, and my brain can't compute on whether or not that's right, wrong, or otherwise, I know those sacraments are real. I just know it because God has touched me in enough ways, enough times, and through the Eucharist going back to Mass, going back to that, the Acts retreats and seeing what God is doing for others, it's just all come to fruition for me. And, and and so it's really hard for me to explain why, but I, I personally, I think it's, for me, it's the right kind of conversion, that it was somewhat intellectual, but then it went from believing to knowing through experience. Yeah, it's, it's the depth of our faith, I always say, in Cajun country that separates us, and, um, you know, we say it's where culture meets faith, and I think that, you know, for me, like, it's like you say, like if you say you love your wife and your children, and then somebody says to you, "Well, prove it," like on paper, you know, you, you can't really do that. But but the relationship with Jesus and and, and God the Father, and uh, and through that Eucharist, it's 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 a very personal relationship. And for me, David, when when God touched my heart and I had a conversion on Pentecost weekend in two thousand and four at at Garcia and uh you know um God touched me so deep I'm like I want that whatever this is I want it forever and I want so much more and I guess that more for you led you to re- to write this book will, will there be a follow will there be more books I'm not going to write that off there there are yeah. a lot of things I'm working on as far as ideas and concepts you know the end of the book is is based on some things that came to me I gave the story and they asked me to write some give the takeaway so like mm-hmm. some points and so i gave some kind of action items like uh, always be willing to forgive that love is a way of life you know uh and and then one of my friends told me man you should write a book on that well nice. it ended up in the back end of it and one day i was sitting in my office actually right after he told me that i was like okay i'm gonna and my brain was scattered and i couldn't come up with put my thoughts together and i'm talking to god and and i and i have this you know, thought start from the beginning, you know, and, and I'm thinking about, you know, what does that even mean? And it's like, write it down. So I go to my board and I don't even know what I'm going to write down. And I write on my board, I write, God is God, Christ is eternal, and the Holy Spirit is with and among us. And for me, those are truths that you can't take out of my heart. So They're done. Now, there are principles in the way I see things and it goes from there on how I see things. Those, yes, they're based on my opinion. They're based on the way I see life. 
but the, but it, what I have to do is never let them stray from those first three. Yeah. Well, we run out of time. It happened so fast. Uh, just great to have David on the show. Want to get him back soon, hopefully, to get to reveal his new book. And uh, thank you, David, for being such a great man. I love you, man. Yeah. You, uh, just honored to know you. I love you. Thank you very much. Okay, man. Thanks for being on the show. You've been listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. As always, we invite you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Until next time, God bless.